listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Tom. I'm the campus pastor over at TVC Middleville. So great to be with you here today. Thank you. Thank you, Loving on Middleville. Uh, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I zoomed right past you on the way down to TVC Delton because I wanted to participate in their super-duper party where they had their first Sunday in their new digs. And so we took some photos we want to show you today. If you didn't have an opportunity to see that, it was something amazing. I was like the last car to enter, so I couldn't even park in the parking lot. It was full. It was um, extra capacity over on the dirt lot nearby. I squeezed into the auditorium where there was 150 people celebrating there. It was a worship service, yes, but it was a big party too. And there were over 30 kids in the TVC Kids Room. So it was amazing to be there. And I hope you know God is doing something amazing in Delton. Can we celebrate that? I am here today because our lead pastor, Jeff Arnett, is on a much-needed study break. And he asked us to go ahead and fill in while he was gone in this series that he started before he left. It's called Red Letter Days. And it's all about the words of Jesus, which traditionally in Bibles have been printed in the color red so that they stand out a bit from the surrounding text. It helps you to be able to focus on them. And that's what we're trying to do all summer long through these messages week after week after week. We're trying to focus on what did Jesus have to say that we can take and apply in our lives today. So if you have missed any of those, then heaven's sakes, you need to go back and take a look at those online. Uh, basically, you can go to tvcweb.com and you'll see all of our prior messages where you can watch them or maybe download them as a podcast for listening to later on. You need to go ahead and do that as well as I would really encourage you to sign up for the weekly texts that we send out every week. It's the words of Jesus to encourage you. And I know when I get mine, I stop and I look at it, and I was like, who's this? I don't even know this number. And then I look at it, and it's something that Jesus is saying to me that very day. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where, the, where a Bible verse just leaps out at you and applies to what you're doing that day. I would encourage you to sign up for that. If you haven't already, it's not too late. We also have these cool magnets that we've been handing out each week with the verse of the week on it, so to speak. So whatever the speaker is going to be focusing on that week, there will be a magnet out there that you can take home, you can put on your fridge, on your filing cabinet at work. For us in our house, um, we have a metal door heading out to our garage. And so we put these there so that we see every single one of them every time we come and go. It's a way to just try to remind us, Jesus is talking to us if we're willing to listen. So we try to listen and I encourage you to pick up one of those. All of the past ones are out in the information center in the lobby, so feel free to pick up the ones you may have missed. What I'm going to focus on today is a verse in which Jesus has something to tell us about children. It's in the book of Mark, and the disciples are there with Jesus, so it's his, his own followers, his peeps are hanging out with him, and there's some adults bringing kids to be blessed by Jesus. And then things begin to get a little tense. So let's go ahead and pick that up in the book of Mark. It's going to be on the screen for you. I'll read it as you follow along. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. 
For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and blessed them. Now let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room, which is, do you think this applies to you? Because you might, you might for any number of reasons, think, I'm not interested in this. You might be, you might be thinking this is going to be lost on you, that you can tune out for a variety of reasons. Maybe you don't have kids, so you're like, what's the point? Maybe you already have had kids, they've grown up, they've left, you're empty nesters. Tom, I've already learned everything I need to about kids. Maybe it's you don't like kids, you're not interested in kids, you're not married, you're single, what's the point? But I encourage you to go back and take a look at this. Look at this verse. It's not about parenting. It's not about being a good kid. It's not one of those verses about um, obey your mother and father. I love those verses. I have four kids, so I always like to read those to them. No, it's not that. It's not about family dynamics. It's not about the parent-child relationship. It's not about that at all. Jesus has something to say to us, and it really has nothing to do with parenting. So you can go ahead and dismiss that in your head right now. What Jesus has to say is three main points, and that's what I want to spend some time on today. Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Children have a place in the kingdom of God, and you need to receive the kingdom of God as a child does. The rest of what he says, and in fact, this entire scene with the disciples revolves around those three main points. So we're going to spend some time on that today. First of all, Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Now, for the first 30 years of my life, I would have said, Jesus, why? What's the point? Who cares about kids? I really didn't quite hate them, but I was as close to hating them as you could get. And you know what it's like. We really don't hate people. We hate the behavior. And I hated how little kids behaved. I was like, oh my gosh, they're so annoying. They're loud. They're obnoxious. They break stuff. My stuff. And they're stinky. Like, especially the baby kind. Who would want one of those? And that's basically how I went through life. For me, it was kind of like a self-centered thing. They had nothing to add value to my life. So I really was not interested in them all. And I wonder if, I wonder if that's what the disciples were thinking. I wonder if they were like, Jesus, why would we want to allow these little booger-nosed kids to, you know, get near you? You're like, you're, you're kind of like a, a big deal around here. They have no value to add to you, so let's keep them away. But regardless of whether you can identify with how I went through life or not, Jesus says, no, there's a lesson that we can learn here. And I'm going to underline some key parts for you. So let's look at that verse again with some key parts underlined. People brought little children to Jesus. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus was indignant when he saw that. And he said, do not hinder them. Those underlined parts apply to everyone alive today. Whether you have kids or not. Whether you're married or not. Whether you like kids or not. Whether you are young or old, rich or poor. Those parts apply to everyone. Because as you can see, Jesus isn't trying to teach us about raising kids. He's trying to show us how he values kids, what he sees when he looks at kids. That's the lesson for us today. So this lesson starts with people bringing their kids to Jesus, but the disciples, they um, put up a roadblock. They put up a Heisman. You ever heard of that? Boom. They stiff arm them. They say, no, 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 no. You cannot cross this line. You stop right there. And the word rebuked that we just covered there, the disciples rebuked them, 
that we, it's kind of a little bit lost on us because we don't use that word all the time nowadays, do we? But in the original Greek, it kind of means um, to admonish sharply. Admonish, that is kind of a put down. Sharply, it has a cutting edge to it. It is something that will hurt when you hear it. Um, a common English word we might insert instead of that might be to reprimand. The disciples reprimanded them. Or how about this one? Because you've all, you've all heard of this one. You've all either done this or this has happened to you. The disciples scolded them. Scolded them. Maybe it looked kind of like this. You're scolding when you were a kid. Or maybe it looked a little bit like this. Or maybe if you went to a Catholic school, your scolding looked like this. And if you're listening to this later on, <laughs> what we're looking at here is um, Sister Mary, quite contrary, getting ready to smack you with a ruler. Uh, it is something that, really, all those scoldings have the finger pointing, don't they? All of them are put down. All of them are, just, are delivered from a position of authority, saying, whoa, 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 you stop right there. So look at Jesus' response. He's equally vehement when he sees this. This is like a visceral reaction from Jesus. He's like, holy cow, no. He's indignant. That's like angry with a capital A. He is furious about what is going on here. And this word in the New Testament occurs only here. Now, that's okay, because it's not a, a crazy word that we can't interpret. It's actually two well-known Greek words that got put together. It's much, so it's a modifier, a lot of. And the other word is to grieve or to cause pain. You put them together, and what Jesus is saying is, you're causing a lot of grief you guys are causing me a lot of pain. That's how he feels about this. And maybe you can identify with Jesus if you've ever been in a situation where, like, maybe your child has done or said something horribly wrong and you're mortified and you're like, I can't believe you said that. I did not teach you that. Who taught you that? Who taught you that? Because that was not me. Uh, maybe uh, an example from my life might help. I was stopping at an interstate rest stop, uh, I think traveling back to Illinois to visit with family, and uh, my son asked me, when we went through the lobby, you know they always have this big expansive lobby with the maps and everything, what's that thing over there? And he was pointing to um, a police call box. Uh, so it's got like a microphone and a big blue button glowing invitingly that says police. And I was like, that calls the police. So don't touch that, which I should never have said. So I said, don't touch that. I go into the bathroom. That's why I'm thinking they must have been like old enough that I wasn't worried about that. So let's say they're 10 and 9. And they're out in the lobby. I come out and I'm kind of ticked because there was no soap. And I thought like, well, that's my biggest problem is there's no soap in the dispensers in the bathroom. And then I see the buttons blinking and my sons are standing there. And there's, you know, like the janitor guy that's always there in the interstate, like sweeping up. He's over there and he's talking into the speaker. And I realize somebody pushed the button. And I'm like, okay, I've got a few choices here. One is I could just turn my head and walk quickly through the lobby, and they would never know, and I wouldn't leave them there. I would just wait out in the car where it's safe. <laughs> but I realized that's probably not the smartest thing, child endangerment and all that sort of stuff. It would look bad. So I walk on over to the janitor, and I'm like, uh, what happened here? Fully knowing what happened. Uh, your son pushed the button, so I'm talking with the cops. And I was like, okay, okay. We got to get to Grandma's, uh, so like way down in Southern Illinois. Um, can I just pay you a fine? I assume there's a fine associated with this. Um, 
I don't know, I, I'm not sure how to handle this. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the run from the cops for a while, so <laughs> do we scatter different directions? I'm, I guess I just have to outrun them, don't I? I don't really have to run all that fast. Um, how much time do I have before they show up? And the guy was like, no, 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 no. You're fine, just please leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that one. So that maybe a closer example from what Jesus is saying here is if you're in a workplace situation, because that's what the disciples were, his apprentices, right? They were his followers. If you're in a workplace situation where it's somebody who works under you, or let's say you're in a trade, um, you're an electrician or a plumber or something like that, and you have this apprentice that has been following you, and you've been trying, trying to teach him, pouring into him, and you think they got it, but then they do something so stupid, so stupid. It either costs money or it costs time in your day, and you have to back up and do things. They, they hook up the sewage line to the faucet, and all of a sudden there's, like, stuff coming out. And you're just like, who said that? I never said that. Where did you get that from? That's what Jesus is feeling here. He's like, I never taught you to treat kids that way. So he sits them down. He says, time out. Let's learn this lesson. If you've ever heard Pastor Jeff talk about this, sometimes he might call it, um, you've paid the stupid tax, so go ahead and learn the lesson. You've already paid the tuition in this lesson of life, so go ahead and stop, pause for a second, and learn the lesson so you don't have to repeat it. That's what he's doing with the disciples right here. That's so great because we don't have to, to pay the tuition. We get to learn the lesson for free. It's right here in God's word for us. So it's worth our while to just stop for a second and learn what he's trying to teach the disciples right there. The first thing he says is, let the little children come to me. And we try to implement that here at TVC. Three things. We won't put up barriers to them. We're going to invite kids at every opportunity. And we are going to give them opportunities to connect with Jesus. That's why we focus so much on kids here at TVC. That's why we pour a lot of time and effort and, quite frankly, money into that because of what Jesus says right here. So we really try hard to be inclusive of kids and youth all the time. We try to help them have fun. We try to make sure that they're safe. Oh boy, are we nuts about safety here at TVC? Especially so that the parents know that the kids are safe. And we try to give them opportunities for next steps to follow Jesus. We do that here in, in the auditorium all the time. We'll give you guys opportunities to take your next step with Jesus. So we want to give kids the same opportunity. And you might think, well, what are, what's your age limit on that? Aren't they kind of young for that? Well, maybe, maybe not. Do you catch what Jesus is saying? Don't hinder them. So we're kind of more likely to err on the side of give them opportunities. And then we'll figure out, do they really know what they're talking about or not? But we're always going to give them opportunities. The part about fun cannot be underestimated. It's like, fun is my middle name, so I really love this part about having fun with kids because it helps them to drop their mental barriers. They, they come in with preconceived notions of, uh, you can imagine when you were little, um, fear. Uh, will they like me? Will they accept me? Uh, will they make fun of me? Uh, what if I don't know anybody? But you, you help them to start having fun and, and they're able to, to drop their card just a little bit, just a little bit, so that they can interact with other kids, maybe the leader's there, maybe the teacher. And before you know it, they are having fun. And before you know it, they want to come back. And they're inviting others. They're inviting their friends, their neighbors. 
It is not unusual, regardless of what campus you go to, to um, have this happen in TVC Kids. An adult will walk up, but the kid with them, you've seen them a few times, but you've never seen that adult. And the adult will say, like, yeah, this is my son, Johnny, and he, uh, he's been coming here for a while. The, the neighbors have been bringing him. Um, and he talks about you guys all the time. He says he loves it here, which is kind of weird. And he's, like, starting to act nice towards his little sister, which is really weird. Um, so I figured I'd come check it out because... I wanted to make sure it was, wasn't some sort of cult. And you're like, yeah, 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 it's okay, it's okay, you know. And all along the way, those kids are not only having fun, they're having opportunities to connect with Jesus. And sometimes the adults do too. So that's why we focus so much on it. That's why when Jesus says, let the little children come to me, we say, got it. Aye, aye, sir, we're on it. We go ahead and remove barriers and we invite kids and we unapologetically give them opportunities to connect with Jesus. So let's move on to the second point that Jesus makes. He says, children have a place in the kingdom of God. And you might think, well, isn't that obvious, Tom? Doesn't that follow? If they're going to connect with Jesus, they have a place in the kingdom. Because when you accept Jesus into your life, you, you have stepped into the kingdom of God, right? Yes, but it's worth pointing out. Every follower of Christ, everybody who wants to take that step with Jesus, you not only enter into the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God enters into you. It's both an out there kind of thing and it's in here. And in fact, it's the inside job that Jesus can do in you that makes it possible for him to do all sorts of things out there. It's inside that comes first. And in fact... Matt Van Dongen, our leader of youth ministries, he was talking about this last week. He spoke about this as, as part of his verse about seek first the kingdom. And he talked about what does that mean? It's you allowing God to have rule over your heart, to rule over your life. Then he can do amazing things in your life and the lives of those around you. Kids are the same way. We're saying that they, too, can be carriers of the kingdom. So just like you can take the kingdom with you as a follower of Christ, take it out into the world of darkness, you can bring light. Into a world that despairs, you can bring hope. Into the hurtfulness of life, you can bring healing. You can do that because the kingdom's in you. Kids can do the same thing. And sometimes we think, well, really? Because I'm not sure they get it all. I'm not sure that they understand. Well, remember, Jesus isn't saying they have to be scholars. He isn't saying they have to understand the scriptures backward and forward. He's just saying they need to accept him like a little child. And boom, they can do amazing things because Jesus can. So we understand that kids know more than we think they know. We see this in TVC kids all the time. Um, Kids are little sponges. You got to understand that, right? So they, they soak up everything around you, including swear words and what you've been saying about grandma and all those sort of things. And they repeat them back to you, right? And you're like, who told you that? Well, you were saying that to mommy last night. Well, uh, that was something that should never be repeated. So kids are sponges. They get that as well. When you pray, they see praying. When you read your Bible, they see that. And you'd be surprised sometimes if you ask kids to understand anything about the gospel message of Jesus, about basically how he died for them so that they could have their sins wiped clean and live with God, you ask them. Sometimes they'll repeat that back to you with greater clarity than you thought. So yes, they can actually carry the kingdom into the playground. 
into their neighborhood, into the classroom, more so than you think. So we want to trust in Jesus when he says, hey, let them in because I can do amazing things through them. They too can be carriers of the kingdom. And if you think it's too late for you to shift your perspective on this, if you say, yeah, that all sounds good, Tom, but I have lived my whole life thinking children are just little knee biters that get in the way and I'm not really interested in them. Okay, well, if God can change my heart, if he can change me from virtually hating kids to eventually wanting kids, and then my wife and I eventually adopting kids, you got to go out of your way to do that. I mean, like, if he can do that with me, he can do that with anybody, no matter what age you are, no matter how far gone you are, no matter how you have felt about them or not. So if he has patience for me, he has patience for you. Look at what he did with the disciples. He didn't fire them. He didn't say, you all are out of here. I'm going to go get 12 others. He said, okay, let's learn this lesson about how I see kids and youth. Now, we've talked about the why to do this, maybe to help you shift your perspective on how to do this in your life, you need a little bit of help. So I'm going to call up an expert that has lots of experience in this and can help you implement this in your daily lives. I figured I'd bring up our TVC Director of Family Ministries across all three campuses. Would you welcome me as we invite Elaine Gray? So, Elaine, we're talking about shifting perspectives here. First of all, thanks for coming today. Yeah, no, thanks for having um, me here. I'm really excited what, to be at this campus. What can we do to um, actually try to do some of this in our own lives? Because it's one thing to hear it on Sunday, and then we walk out those doors, and we might just go back to doing things exactly the same way. What can we do that will help us to implement this in our own lives, this shifting perspective on kids? Yeah, so... Um, as adults, there are many ways that we can incorporate kids into our lives um, and make them feel valued as the kingdom of God. One of the best ways to do that is just to invest in their lives through serving. Um, and an easy way to get into serving is by aligning whatever you're passionate about with serving with kids. And a great example is my husband, Steve. Um, he has been the, just this really avid mountain biker since the early 90s, and over the decades, he's developed a really huge passion for the sport, sometimes unhealthy passion, but <laughs> huge passion for the sport. And um, 12 years ago, he had the opportunity to um, serve with this ministry called the Motion Initiative, and what they do is they partner mentoring urban youth with cycling for the um, Black Hills community in Grand Rapids. So over the years, he's had chances to mentor kids and teens, um, share his personal faith journey and love of Jesus with those kids. Um, they've even taken them from downtown Grand Rapids and brought them down to Yankee Springs to go on trail rides, which is really cool. And they've also given the kids opportunities to compete in mountain bike races across West Michigan. And to see these kids who have never been on bikes, these mountain bikes before um, just compete in these races and do well and just get excited about it and feel valued and um, it's just really cool to see. So 
for him to partner his passion with the serving opportunity, it just makes it really fun and really easy for him. Um, but we all know that when we're dealing with kids and all their fun, different personalities, um, it can be a struggle at times. But I know he would honestly say that it's just been such a blessing for him and also a blessing for the kids and families in the Black Hills community. Mm-hmm. I, I can vouch for it. Steve has a passion for biking. Um, he'll talk your ear off about it. I remember one time asking him about a flat tire, and 20 minutes later, I was like, can I just give it to you and you do that? He was like, yeah. So um, what, yeah. If, what if you're not into mountain biking? What else? All right, so if you're like me and you're not into mountain biking or sports or just like unnecessary movement in general, <laughs> um, there's always ways that you, because you have passions, God put those inside of you. You, you, there's always ways that you can partner those passions with serving with kids, and if you need help with that, you can always contact me or any of the other TVC leaders, and they can point you in the right direction. Yeah, so that brings up a good point. If you're not currently serving, then um, consider that. Um, there's applications out in the lobby or online where you can yep. just go ahead and, and sign up and maybe say something about your hobbies because everybody's got a passion. Yeah. Everybody does. Um, maybe yours is fishing. So just write in there like, hey, maybe I could help kids learn to fish or something. And if you're like, I don't want to take them on a fishing trip because they'd scare all the fish away, I understand. I was that kid one time in a boat with my dad. So maybe it's just I'm partnering with other people at TVC you have a fishing rodeo once a month, or maybe ice fishing. I'd still like to learn how to ice fish, and I'm just a big kid, so take me along next time. Um, so those, that's one opportunity is um, signing up to volunteer if you're not currently volunteering. Now, I bet you have a certain insight, though, on the kids' angle, serving in kids' ministry or things you learn from that, because being in charge of family ministries, you probably get a unique perspective on that. Yeah, so um, being... Uh, involved in family ministries. We're always striving to learn more about ways that we can partner better with kids and families. And so we're learning all these fun facts all the time. And one of the more, more recent ones is how it's just the concept of surrounding kids with at least five trusted adults um, that can positively impact their lives. Because studies have shown, and they've studied this, studies have shown that if you surround kids with at least five trusted adults, um, they just have a better chance of success in all aspects of their lives. So um, everybody has influence. If you don't think that you have influence over kids, um, you're wrong, because kids are always looking. They're, they're like sponges, like Tom said. They're always watching. They're mirroring. Um, they're watching us and what we're doing. So everybody has influence. And what, what that looks like in my life is for my daughters, um, their trusted adults are the adults in our life group. They're past small group leaders in TVC Kids Infusion. Some of my closest friends, they are just comfortable reaching out to them and talking to them if they can't talk to me. And then also for myself, I'm the trusted adult for my amazing 10th grade girls small group infusion. So, because I'm a small group leader there. Um, so yeah, so just, I challenge you to take a second and just think, does your circle of influence around you include kids? And to take it one step further, does it include kids that um, you're not directly related to? Um, and if not, I just challenge you to find a way to become one of those five trusted adults in a kid's life. Yeah. Uh, 
Back before doing this at TVC in one of my previous career lives, I used to work in um, the field of prevention, substance abuse prevention in kids. We would call this risk and protect protective factors. So basically protective factors like a trusted adult in your life can really help, especially teens, avoid making bad decisions. And so maybe you can be a trusted adult in somebody else's life and you think, well, I don't know anybody. Just like she said, maybe join a life group. We talk about life groups all the time. If you can be a life group, in a life group, then maybe somebody else can look to you to be somebody other than their parents that can provide uh, a listening ear sometimes. That's all you got to do is just listen. So thank you so much, Elaine, for providing these concrete ideas for things we can do in our own lives. Can you thank Elaine with me? I love that Elaine puts up with me and all the various things I throw at her because in addition to what she does across all campuses, uh, as you saw in her title, uh, she is our Middleville um, TVC Kids Leader. And so she is, despite rolling her eyes at me sometimes, she, she does an awesome job with putting up with me. And so I'm very grateful for that uh, at, with all the things that we do over at the Middleville campus. Regardless of who you have as your TVC Kids Leader, you can approach them here in Hastings or in Delton. You can say, hey, um, I think I maybe need to get more involved. How can I help other kids in some way? Because Tom's talking about shifting our perspective. Maybe that's something that I need to do. The final point that Jesus made in this scene with his disciples and with these kids is this. You need to receive the kingdom of God like a child does. Do you remember how Jesus said that? It was kind of pointed. Let's take a look, and I'll underline the important part for you. Because Jesus says, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Never. Never, Jesus? Really, never. Uh, that's, that doesn't leave anything to chance there. You will never enter it if you cannot receive the kingdom of God like a little child. Okay, well then, I guess we better try to figure out, what does it mean to receive the kingdom of God like a little child? Well, there's a couple options I want to present for you today. One is, maybe he means we need to hearken back to when we were kids and we had this sense of innocent trust. Innocent is a difficult word to use when it involves kids, because we know that sometimes they are the opposite of innocent. What I mean here is they have this sense of trust. They will take what you say as gold. They'll bank on it. So be wary of making mistakes like I did and saying, sure, we'll go to Disney World right after we fly to the moon. Because then they'll book it, you know, for next week. Okay, we'll go to the moon on Tuesday, and then we'll go to Disney World on Wednesday. You're like, no, 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 I was just kidding. Um, they don't understand facetious. You know, it's like that it's lost on them. So they have this sense of trust that perhaps Jesus is telling us we need to recapture a little bit of. A sense of trust that what you say will come to pass. See, the, the kingdom of God is the same way. When God says, I will redeem your past, if you give it to me, then, then he will, if you trust him with that. If he says, I can be with you here in this present moment, no matter how much it hurts, he's good for his word. If he says, your future, no matter how scary it looks, no matter how much it's the exact opposite of what you wanted, I can be with you in that future. Because guess what, guys? He already is. He created time. He is in your future already, and he is gently guiding you towards the best possible future. That's the God that we 
can follow. And what Jesus might be saying here is, if you trust me, I am good. My word is good. You can trust it. Maybe what Jesus is talking about here is a sense of dependence. That's another thing that perhaps he means, accept and receive the kingdom of God like a little child. Maybe he means, you have to depend on me. Because when you think about it, little children are dependent on somebody else, right? Utterly and totally dependent on somebody else. You know, we joke about how they're defiant. You know, the terrible twos and all that. I get it. But really, if adults walk away, that kid is in danger. If, if nobody provides for them, something bad is going to happen. And maybe that's what Jesus is getting at here. Maybe you need to depend on me like a little child is dependent on an adult. Because the child can't bring anything about other than maybe kicking and screaming and having their own way for 10 minutes. But no, they're dependent on an adult. Maybe we need to be more dependent on God. Because we know, we know now, that if you trust and depend on God, then he will open his arms to you. And he will, just like Jesus did, he will bless you and your life. So maybe that's what we're here today for. Maybe some of you that have been tuning me out this whole time because you think it's all about kids and you're not interested in kids. Maybe you're here today for this very reason. Maybe it's so that you can ask God, hey, can I trust you more? Maybe you have trust issues with God. Maybe he's let you down in the past. You feel he's let you down. And you kind of got some bad feelings towards him. Maybe it's you feel he hasn't been dependable. And so maybe that's why you're here today. Because you thought it was about kids, but no, maybe it's about you trusting God like a child does. Like a child does. If you trust him, he will bless your life. If you depend on him, he will bless your life. I'd like to give you a chance to do that today because maybe for some of you, it's you need to do that for the first time. Maybe you've held God at arm's length. Maybe you've been putting up a Heisman for him and said, no, 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 I'm not so sure about you. I'm not so sure that you're trustworthy, but you want to do that today? I'd love to give you a little prayer to guide you in that. Maybe you've been away from God for a while. Maybe you have distanced yourself from him and you say, okay, today's the day. I want to come back. I want to try this again, Jesus. I get it. Thank you for sharing your words with us. I want to get it. How can I do that? I'd love to guide you in that. But it has to come from you. I'll give you the words. You can pray them in your heart. You don't even have to say it out loud. You don't have to raise your hand. But you do need to talk with God. So let's go ahead and bow your heads. And I will guide you in this prayer. And it's very simple. It goes like this. God, I really do want to trust you. I really do want to depend on you. But I'm going to need your help with that. Today, I want to surrender to you. And like a little child, I want to enter your kingdom. I want to put my trust in you. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Please forgive me of everything that I've done wrong. And help me to do right from now on. And pick me up when I fall again. In your name, amen. So let's celebrate all those that prayed that prayer today. If you prayed that prayer in some way or another, 
I'd love it if you could take that connection card that we've talked about earlier. There's a little box you can check there that says, I made a commitment today or I renewed my commitment because that's what you did. That's what you did is you said, I'm re-upping, God. I want to do this your way as best I can. You can drop that out in the lobby as you head out. There's a bucket that says drop connection cards here. We'd also love to get you a free book that's called Seven Basics. It's just about what happens now. Uh, You can either get that by stopping by the info center right out here in the lobby and getting a copy, or you can text that number on the screen and we'll mail a copy to you. But it's all about how to help you be able to take next steps. We also have that in a four-week life group format called Explore God. And that is something you can sign up out at your, your next step area over across the lobby and watch some videos and have some snacks with people that are also searching for answers, just like you might be. Explore God. I encourage you to do that. Well, we also talked about an application that you could fill out either online or out in the lobby. It's a volunteer serving application. Go ahead and grab one. If you're not serving in any way, maybe today's the day to sign up for that and ask God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to change my perspective on kids and youth? And finally, if this service has stirred up something in your heart that you would like somebody to pray for, then go ahead and come on up. We have people after every service that can pray with you, that can pray for you, for what's going on in your life. Because as Elaine mentioned, you do not have to do this alone. Life was not meant to be lived alone. So allow us to partner with you in prayer. And finally, if you want to go ahead and stand up, I'll give you a blessing before you head out on your way. This guy named Paul was an early missionary. Um, He had a dramatic encounter with Jesus and it changed his perspective. And whenever he would write a letter to his churches, he would always include a blessing in some way. And to the church at Philippi, he said this, and I say this to you today in the same way. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Y'all have an awesome Pure Michigan Day.